The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS Today. This is your Sunday, March 21st edition, and I am your host, Santino Cocone, and I will be running this one solo, actually. Uh, we will be running a solo Sunday slate. Say that five times fast. Uh, solo Sunday slate um, with Santino. Oh, even had the add the fourth S in there. Uh, but we have a ten, a big 10-game slate on our hands split up into two two different slates the first early games are four four games and then we have a six game late game uh the, the early ones start at one all the way to three thirty, and then we have a few hour break watch some more march madness and then go into our six game late slate uh so it's a little bit different here uh i also wrote the the layup line you'll see that soon it's a little bit different it's broken up into two slates it's uh just weird how that happens but we have two different chances to win, so let's get at it. Now, before I get at it, I do want to give our shout out to our guys over at My Bookie. Uh, if you're if you're not familiar with My Bookie yet, you should be. It is the best gaming platform out there, sports betting platform out there, uh, and you can get up to twenty percent off or or your uh, stuff matched up half to halfway. And all you have to do is put in the promo code Hoopball. That's H O O P. B-A-L-L, and you get your deposit matched up to halfway up to a thousand bucks. It's very awesome. I use it all the time. You have all of your standard um, sports betting and whatnot, even other types of betting, some here and there. Um, Then you have all your casino games. Anything that you can find in an actual physical casino, you'll find here for the most part. Uh, You have live dealers, regular uh, automated stuff. It's just so much fun. I play all the time. I can't get enough of it. <clears throat> but before we get into that, or after that, let's just jump right into this uh, 10 game slate here. And the first game we have on the day is at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It is the Pacers at the Heat. We have a spread for this one uh, it's 217.5 and, and a Heat. Five-point home favorites. Uh, the Pacers are on the front end of a back-to-back. We have nine teams on the front or back end. Seven of them are on the front end. Two of them are on the back end. Uh, the two on the back end are both in the late slate. And all seven in the front end, or not all seven, but most of the seven in the front end, uh, four of them are on the early games. <clears throat> on the injury report, we have uh, just TJ Warren out. Jakar Sampson, questionable, and Jalen LeCue as questionable. On the Heat, we have Avery Bradley, Udonis Haslam. Uh, They are both out. Drogic and Iguodala are questionable, and Gabe Vincent is probable. On this side of the ball, um, or on on the Pacer side of the ball, I'm not looking too, too much at them. Uh, This is a rematch of the same game that they played on Friday, and uh, I'm looking at similar guys. Uh, Mainly just Malcolm Brogdon on this side of the ball. He had a pretty good game on the last one, and if Drogic is out, uh, he gets a little a slight boost there, but he's been playing a little bit better lately. He's averaged over 30 points in the last five games, uh, at least 30 points, and, and the lowest he scored in those are 35. 
and he had one game near 50, a couple near 40, uh, but he's been playing pretty pretty well, and he's under 7K. So I think that price tag is where I like him the most and, and why I like him the most on this team. Uh, you can look at Sabonis, but there are a lot of heavy hitters on both of these slates, um, and the heavy hitters on the front, on the early slate, are a lot in the front court, and then there are also very good value plays in the front court. Uh, so that's why I'm not going to be having much Sabonis here because I do like the alternatives whether I spend up or spend down Uh, but Brogdon makes for a solid play in both cash and GPPs for me on the other you can look at TJ McConnell who blew up in that last game he had uh, 16 points and 15 assists but since Karis Levert's come back he hasn't had the uh, facilitating ball handling duties that he was doing prior to that Uh, Levert is more of a ball dominant guy and you also have Malcolm Brogdon there, and uh, Sabonis is one of the best big men um, facilitators out there. So I don't know. I can't necessarily see McConnell doing that again. Uh, he might have a pretty good game, but at 5'5", I'll probably leave him alone. Though, if you want to go there, uh, he's not a bad option. On the, on the Heat side of the ball, I think we could start with Jimmy Butler. Uh, Drogic is questionable, so we'll get to the ramifications of that later, but uh, Jimmy Butler is one of the best players on this slate and on this game. He's only averaged, or he's averaged under 40 points the last two games. Bam has been healthy playing. Uh, maybe that has something to do with it, uh, but he only took 10 shots in the last one. They got blown out against Indiana in this last game, so I don't really look too much into that. Yeah, Jimmy's been a very rock-steady guy since the break, since most of the year, actually. Uh, and at 9,100, he is one of the better spend-ups in, on this slate. Uh, most of the other spend-ups and, and good plays, as I mentioned, I like a lot of the front court options. So if you're going to go in the in, on the wings here, I think he makes a good play. And small forward is always a trickier spot to fill. I think we do have good options on this one particularly, but it's always like a, a tricky option sometimes for people to fill, uh, especially on... FanDuel. It's it's weird there. Um, but I think at 91, he is a good play here. And if Drogic misses, we can go look at Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. Both very, very priced. Uh, their prices are very good right here at 5,200 for Tyler Hero. With no Drogic, you can see more usage, see more shot attempts, see more ball handling. Uh, and 5,200 is not a hefty price tag to pay for him. It's very low comparatively where he's been at for most of the season. Um, so we can look at that there. And Kendrick Nunn, um, taking a backseat lately, only play, hasn't played 30 minutes in a while. But if Drogic were to miss, we can see him playing back to 30 minutes. He's not going to be the facilitator with Hero there and uh, Jimmy Butler there. But at 4,100, you don't really need him to be that to hit value here. So... If Drogic were to miss, he looks like a solid play on this side of the ball. Outside of that, I'm not going to go too heavily invested in this game. I think we have a couple other games out here out of the four that uh, are look to be very high-scoring and fantasy-friendly with, with everybody's price tags. And that'll segue us into our next game here. That is the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Houston Rockets. This has a 217 total, and the Rockets are, get this, Two-point home favorites. The Rockets are the Rockets. Losers of 19 straight games. A a whopping 19 straight games are favorites in this one. And we'll get to a couple reasons why. On the injury report, 
For the Thunder, we have Darius Baisley, Shea, uh, <clears throat> Shea Gilgis-Alexander, George Hill, Al Horford, all out. And that's why. Uh, on the Rockets side, we have Kevin Porter Jr., David Nwaba, Eric Gordon, Dante Exum, both out. And we have Kenyon Martin <clears throat> and Ben McLemore. They have them as available. I'm not sure why they have that there. Um, but I guess that's why the uh, the Rockets are are the favorites here. They're pretty healthy. Wall is going to play in this one. Oladipo is expected to play. Christian Woods expected to play. And the Thunder are missing four of their five opening day starters. <clears throat> uh, we'll start with the Thunder. With that, with four of their starters gone, uh, I'm including George Hill because when he's healthy, he is has been a starter uh, all year for them. But with four starters out, you can pretty much look at most of this team if you wanted to. Uh, Isaiah Roby becomes interesting at 5-2. Lou Dort. Uh, Moses Brown, who is my favorite play on this team at 4-8. Uh, with no Al Horford, we know that this guy is going to play. Uh, Christian Wood, yes, very good. But this guy is a 7-2 massive specimen, uh, 7-4 wingspan, 250 pounds roughly. He's going to play, and he's not a his big body isn't just for show. Uh, he can gobble up rebounds. He can block shots. He showed that in the G League. He showed that in... He's shown that in minimal time with uh, the Thunder so far. So a double-double seems very likely for him uh, with a block or two with some upside on top of that. Even against Christian Wood and uh, the ability for Christian Wood to stretch the floor, we don't know specifically if um, Wood's going to play 30 minutes. They said he's going to stay on the same minute limit, which was 28 in the last game. So he's not. he might reach the 30-minute mark, but uh, Moses Brown's going to play as long as he doesn't get into foul trouble. Uh, outside of the last game, the two games before that, he fouled out. He played 24 and 30 minutes. If he can keep his fouls in check, uh, I don't see them. They're going to give him as much leash as possible and, and run as possible there. So uh, the only thing that I think that could stop Moses Brown from reaching value is himself and in foul trouble. Uh, outside of him, Pokemon, Pokashevsky at 4-8. Decent play here, too. Um, we just mentioned no Al Horford, no Baisley. Probably going to start at the three again, and he's been able to grab some rebounds. His shot has been inconsistent. He shot two of eleven in the last game, two of nine before that, but he shot seven of thirteen. Uh, in that one, that's where he blew up. Then two of eleven, four of eleven. He is not. He's he's still super young, and he's not um, built yet for this. <clears throat> His body hasn't um, filled out yet, so. He has the most downside of the people just mentioned that you could play, uh, but he also has some solid upside. I would prefer Moses Brown, but there are still some heavy hitters at center out there if you wanted to go that option um, and you couldn't fit Moses Brown in your in your lineup. Then maybe you could go uh, to, to Roby, Dort, Pokemon, because they have that forward eligibility. <clears throat> on, another guy I like, I think uh, Ty Jerome would be my second favorite play on this this team. At 4,400 with no Shea, he's just gonna he's gonna play a lot. And whether he starts or not, I believe he is a better facilitator and and ball handler. Um, get everybody lined up and whatnot. He's better than Theo Maladon is currently. Uh, Maladon's still very young, very raw. So so is Ty Jerome, but I think he's better for fantasy right now. And whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he's going to be playing near 30 minutes or so. Uh, at 4,400, very good value there. 
Uh, Moses and Ty Jerome would be my two favorite plays, but I don't fault people for looking at Kenrick Williams at 4-3, Pokemon, Dor, Roby. Um, all these guys are in play. If you like Maladon, you can look at him. I, I don't really want to go there, but uh, there are many options here just because there's so much usage to go around and most of their starters are out. <clears throat> um, but we'll see. I, I, I like uh, Brown and, and Ty Jerome, and you can look at other people if you have to fit them in your lineup. On the Rockets' side of the ball, Christian Wood, 8K. If I knew he wasn't on the minutes limit, which they already said, or John Wall, this would be a very good matchups for them. They still could put up value in limited time in under 30 minutes, but I don't want to pay that because we have other options here that we know aren't going to be on a minutes limit, and we could save our money for uh, more well-suited options there. Uh, John Wall played 29 minutes in the last one, but they're both going to be at or under 30 minutes in this one, uh, so I don't want to fully go there. Victor Oladipo, he should be playing a lot. Uh, this might be the le- one of the last times he plays for them. He is a prominent name on the trade block. Uh, he's also 7-8. Just, it's a super good matchup for all these teams, and probably an unlikely blowout just because they've lost 19 straight games and their two best players are currently on um, minutes limits under 30. So don't know if they'll necessarily blow them out, but I don't really want to pay too much for them. I do think Kenyon Martin Jr. is a very good price. He's probably my favorite play on this team at 5,100. We know that some people are going to be out still, and whether it's a blowout or not, he's going to play a good amount of minutes. He grabs some rebounds, gets some shot, um, scores the ball a little bit, and he could hit value in this one. <clears throat> Don't hate going to Oladipo out of the big three because we know that his lim- minutes aren't going to be limited in this one. Uh, and if we can't attack someone, it would be on the wings. Um, we might see Ty Jerome guard Oladipo and Lou Dort get John Wall. We'll see which one where Dort goes, uh, but Dort is a guy that we'd want to watch out for, uh, see who he guards, but we probably won't know that in time for lock of that first game, so it's something to keep an eye on out, eye out for. <clears throat> this next game is the biggest spread of the early games. It is uh, the Pelicans at the Nuggets, and we have a 233.5 spread, uh, and the Nuggets are 5.5-point home favorites. The other three spreads currently in the early games are all 217, 217, and 217 and a half. So this is a whopping 16 points more than the second highest spread uh, of this early game slate, and for good reason. On the Nuggets side of the ball, we have Monte Morris and Gary Harris out, and the Pelicans, we have J.J. Redick out and Lonzo Ball as questionable, which is big news to keep an eye on out for. Um, on the on the Pelicans side of the ball, since they are away, we'll start with them. And again, yeah, Lonzo Ball, big news to keep an eye on out for uh, 6,800 currently, but he is questionable. If he misses this game, they have a couple options that they can go with. Uh, they can play Kyra Lewis at point guard. They can play Nikhil Alexander-Walker next to Eric Bledsoe, or most likely they'll probably throw Josh Hart in there and, and push Bledsoe at, to the point guard position, uh, put Josh Hart at shooting guard. They have many options, and all three of those guys should see extra minutes, as should um, <clears throat> other people on this lineup. Uh, you could always put Brandon Ingram at the two if if very needed and uh, throw some extra minutes out there. But those three guys, Lewis, Walker, Bledsoe, uh, and Josh Hart, all four of those guys get a solid boost if Lonzo is not here. 
just knowing that they're going to get more ball handling opportunity um, and more more minutes, more everything here, more usage. And they all are fairly reasonably priced. I think Bledsoe out of the four would be my favorite option to go at at 4,800, knowing that he'll be starting point guard and knowing that he'll have more responsibility. Hasn't been great lately, but under 5K, he doesn't have to be to to really hit value here and exceed it. Um, but I only like him if Lonzo is not playing. If Lonzo does play, I'm not too high on any of those four guys that I just mentioned. I'll probably have less exposure of them. Um, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Eileen Zion. But I really like if Lonzo plays, it helps Zion's game a lot more. Uh, Lonzo is one of the better three-point shooters in the league this year and is, a very, is the best facilitator on the team. Uh, so two things that Zion needs to help his game because he is he can get open he gets uh when <clears throat> when he cuts and everything Zion or Lonzo finds him and he needs people to space the floor for him to operate down low on uh, in the paint especially against this team so if Lonzo doesn't play it hurts Zion a little bit for me and I would like I'd prefer Ingram in that scenario but if Lonzo does play I think Zion is one of the better spend-ups on the slate uh, against Michael Porter Jr.'s defense or Paul Millsap, uh, who probably has to play a little bit more in this game. <clears throat> On the other side of the ball, I mean, we start with with the big guys. Uh, Jokic, 10-5. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really say no to him here. It's, it's just super hard to look at Jokic and say, yeah, I don't want to pay that. On cash games, he's just he should be a staple. He's so super safe. And even in GPPs, this is a really good matchup for him. Yes, Steven Adams has the reputation of being tough, which he probably is the toughest guy in the league, but he hasn't been good. Uh, it's, he he seems lost on this team for a lot of the for a lot of games. Uh, he seems out of place on this team, uh, and the game has uh, evolved around him. He's more of an old school center type, <clears throat> and it just hasn't been a good fit for him and his big contract. But uh, Jokic. Whoever's matched up against him, he takes advantage of him. He's right now probably the MVP favorite, uh, especially with LeBron going down last night. Uh, Him, Dame, Harden, Giannis, those are probably the top four. And uh, Jokic is leading them. 10-5, I'm more than willing to pay that. Outside of him, you look at Jamal Murray. Again, in this matchup, fast-paced, up-tempo matchup. Uh, He's coming off a game where he shot 12 of 20. He's been shooting the ball really well in the last couple games, and I would expect that to continue again. The uh, Pelicans' backcourt is where you can attack. is one spot you can attack here. And whether ball plays or not, it's going to be a very friendly matchup for uh, Murray. And at 7K, it's he's that's a good price tag for him. Uh, we saw him get as high as mid-8.5Ks earlier in the season. And, and five games ago, he was 8.2 um, right after the break. And, or he was 8.4 the first game after the break, so he dropped $1,400 here. We can easily attack him here with that. I don't mind Michael Porter Jr., but as I mentioned, Zion, um, ball plays, Zion's probably going to put him in foul trouble or play him off the court because he's just so much more physical than him. So that gives me a little hesitation to play him. Don't hate him here. I think he's uh, uh, at, at that price he can beat it, but I'm very hesitant that Zion plays him off the court one way or the other. <clears throat> don't mind looking at another guy that I really like looking at actually is uh, Facundo Campazzo at 4,300. There's no Monte Morris. There's no Gary Harris. Uh, this guy's been playing 
pretty well lately. In the last couple of games, you look at these last four games, six, six, ten, eight, all assists. Uh, he has been taking on more of a facilitating role while Jamal Murray takes on more of a uh, off off guard role there. And with no Monte Morris, you know that the extra minutes are going to be there. But also no Gary Harris. Uh, he's been playing a lot next to to Murray, next to Barton, all three of them together. I think it continues. And in this fast paced matchup uh, against the guard guards of New Orleans, uh, we can attack that there. And at 4-3, he's one of the few or one of the um, value plays that we can get behind here. <clears throat> on the um, the next game we have, it's the last game of the early slate. It starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, and I forgot to mention the guys on the back-to-back. The Thunder and Rockets are both on the front end of a back-to-back. I uh, didn't mention that one before. Uh, but the last game of the first early game slates is the Orlando Magic at the Boston Celtics. This starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a 2.17 total, and the Celtics are nine-point home favorites. On the injury report, we have Tristan Thompson and Romeo Langford out for the Celtics. And on the Magic, we have um, Terrence Ross. We know Fultz and Isaac are out. Uh, and Cole Anthony joins Terrence Ross and those two as out. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams and James Ennis are both questionable. Um, <clears throat> and we have the Celtics on the front end of a back-to-back in this one. We'll start with the Magic because they are the away team. Uh, and I think you look right at the top. I don't really like the rest of the plays here. They're too inconsistent for me, but we can look right at the top in Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. Uh, Vuce, another guy, he's the second highest priced guy on the slate, and this is one reason why I was hesitant on going Sabonis, because we have Jokic, we have uh, Vucevic, we have Moses Brown, we have other center options here that uh, we can go up or down, and Vuce is in play here. He has been good against the Celtics, uh, hasn't been great against the Celtics. The one game he played, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, uh, but he is the focal point of this team, and he is the engine that keeps this team afloat when everybody is in or everybody is out. And I think we can look at him again here, especially if we get a bunch of value here and we're playing a couple multiple center lineups. But uh, he against this Celtics front court, he can take advantage. And I do like Aaron Gordon at 6,700. Looking at uh, the first game he came back off the break, he only played 14 minutes, and then he missed a couple games. But then he came back for the back-to-back uh, Thursday and Friday. He played 31 and 36 minutes on both ends of the back-to-back, and that's music to our ears. Uh, he's been playing a lot more point forward, especially with no Michael Carter-Williams there, and that's when he's at his best, when he's playing point forward uh, with no Jonathan Isaac. That's when he's at his best, and that's when we can attack him. And at 6,700, he can hit value and, and exceed it, especially in this matchup. Uh, we're hoping no Michael Carter-Williams again, so he gets that extra point forward um, responsibility. I think he's going to get it regardless, but no Michael Carter-Williams makes it even more necessary for them. And at 6700 that's a fair price tag to, to pay for some Aaron Gordon here. On the other side of the ball, you're going against the Magic team that um, beat, this, <laughs> beat the Nets in the last game, but is one of the worst teams in the Eastern conference. And then we go to the Celtics who are on a couple game losing streak here and now has fallen under 500. They need to win and they, and they need to win badly. Uh, the people that I would be looking at here are Jason Tatum. I don't know if I necessarily 
want to go with him over a Zion or over a Jimmy Butler. Uh, if, as I mentioned, if, if ball doesn't play, I think I lean Tatum here a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and you'll probably, he'll probably have lower ownership. People think it might be a big blowout, uh, but Celtics need to win and they need to win badly and they need to get back to 500. I think Tatum is the key for them to do that. And then outside of him, I think Marcus smart at 5,300, Still some meat left on the bone. We saw him play 34 minutes in that last game on Friday against the Celtics. Um, as long as he's playing in minutes in the mid-30s, we can feel comfortable here. And his price tag is only 5300 It doesn't take too much for him to to hit that value and exceed it. And I think that's a, a fair price tag for him. Rob Williams now at 5900 and now going against uh, a center that is going to take him away from the basket a little bit more kind of gives me some pause i think he can still go there if needed but i feel much more comfortable with the other center options that we mentioned uh that i mentioned earlier <clears throat> all right man so that's the first uh of the four games the first early slate now we can jump right on to the big six game slate that's later tonight uh, the first game is a doozy for us and we have the washington wizards at the brooklyn nets uh we have a Whopping 245 total, and the Nets are eight-point home favorites. On the injury report, we have Spencer Dinwiddie, Kevin Durant, both out, and Jeff Green and Blake Griffin probable for the Nets. On the Wizards' side of the ball, Ish Smith, Thomas Bryant out, and Davis Bertans also out. I'll start with the Wizards. They are the away team. Um, And as usual, on both sides of the ball, we start with Westbrook and Beal. I would lean Westbrook and a pure points um, position there, but Beal at $1,400, uh, the, the discount there makes sense, especially when we know that we have some heavy hitters also throughout the slate. Um, both of them are in play. Both have great matchups. It's going to be a fast-paced, up-and-down game, high-scoring game, as evidenced by the 245 total. Uh, so we're going to want exposure to this game <clears throat> and I would lean towards be able to get that little bit of discount outside of them. I think we can see who's getting that starting center nod. It continually changes lately. It's been Alex Len, And if it continues to be Alex Len, uh, we can go to him, even though the upside might not be great at 3,700 against the nets. We can use him here. If, if he's the starter, uh, if it goes back to Wagner, we can use Wagner at, at the minimum three K if for some reason it goes to Robin Williams, maybe we use him at 3-5. But whoever gets to start would be in play for me. Uh, not my favorite value play, but they would be there. Same with Denny Avija, um, I, as I like to call Avicii. At 3-9 thir- with no Bertans, he is in play for me as well. Uh, not my favorite value play, but if you want to get cheap exposure to this game environment, he is another avenue to do so. Um, on the net side of the ball, same thing as the Wizards. You start with Harden and Kyrie, um, and I flip it a little bit here. I'd rather just have Harden, whether it's the um, point per dollar or overall total point value here. I think Harden makes for a better play. Uh, he's coming off a game where he just shot 4 of 15. He only scored 19 points. He had 9 assists, 4 rebounds. It's, it was his worst game in pretty much all those categories in a couple weeks now um, in a while. So 
a big bounce back vintage James Harden uh, should be incoming very soon. And this is the perfect game environment to do so. Uh, they lost to the Magic in their last game. So I think uh, <clears throat> after this big streak, this is something that's going to eat out Harden and he's going to come out firing here. So I, I really like Harden at 10-9. I'd rather pay that extra for him uh, instead of Kyrie Irving, which is the opposite that I mentioned in the last one. Uh, outside of them two, I think we can look at Joe Harris at 5,200. Uh, the last In the two games that he played against the Wizards, he's averaging 33 fantasy points. A pretty good value. He's scoring 23 points a game, and a lot of that is coming off of shooting nearly uh, 60% from the three-point line. He's shooting 57%, 60% overall. Been on fire, and this is a matchup that we can believe in those stats because the Wizards give up points in bunches. They they give up open shots in bunches, and Joe Harris is a knockdown shooter when given the opportunity, so don't mind going uh, Joe Harris at 5,200. And another guy I like in this matchup is Nicholas Claxton. I know Blake Griffin's coming back. We know he's going to play, but can't expect him to play a lot of minutes in his first game uh, for the Nets. They took a, it took him a couple weeks to even get to this point. So I don't think they're going to go throw him out there for a 30 minutes. I don't even know if he hits 20. He probably hits mid-teens for now. And that means Claxton still should see 20 to 30 minutes. He's been playing uh, more minutes the last couple games, taking more minutes from DeAndre Jordan. Maybe he doesn't get to the 30 mark because Blake Griffin's here this game, but uh, even if he gets to what he had in the last two games, 23 or even 18 in this environment, in this matchup, uh, he's a very good play as a point-per-minute guy. I don't think he needs 30 minutes to put up 30 fantasy points. Uh, if he gets 18, he could put up 25 and and or 26, and at 4K, we can look at that. Um, the next game on the slate starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well, and it is the Toronto Raptors at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and both of these teams are on the front ends of back-to-backs. The spread for this one is uh, 217, and the Raptors are 7.5-point road favorites. Uh, We have a spread for this one. Or um, we have an injury report for this one, and we have the the Cavs have uh, Kevin Love and Torian Prince both out. Javal McGee and Matthew Delladova for the first time in forever is questionable. Uh, on the Brooklyn, um, ugh. on the the Raptors side of the ball, we currently don't have an injury report. Uh, I believe everybody was healthy in the last game, and they should all be healthy again for this one. We'll start with the the Raptors on the Raptors side of the ball. Um, I'm not in love with the higher price tags for Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam. Van Vliet, Siakam especially, they are, they missed multiple weeks, still getting their legs under them uh, with so many other options and, and high-priced options on this slate. Don't really want to go there. It's a pretty solid matchup, but I want to let them get their legs under them before I pay up for them. Uh, for OG Anunoby, I don't mind going there. Same thing though, he needs to get his legs under him, but he is only five two and this is a or five three and this is a pretty good matchup for him. I think he could still hit value even if he's still working his way back. He only played one game. He wound up playing thirty four minutes in that one game. Uh but at five three, it's not as um doesn't put a big dent like it would if I had to pay seven two or seven six. So I'm fine with going to OG here. I'm also fine with Boucher and Aaron Baines. 
Um, sixty three hundred for Boucher. A little hesitant just because it's a bigger matchup, uh, a bigger center matchup for him. So I don't know how much he's going to play. I know Nick Nurse does not like to put him against big guys, so we'll see. Uh, if he gets the starting nod, I like him. If he doesn't, I can't pay that six three. Uh, it's just if he doesn't get the starting nod, I don't know if we'll see. 25 minutes in this type of environment. I don't know if they can go small as they as they want to with their five best players because Jared Allen's on the other side. Uh, they might have to throw Aaron Baines in there for a lot of minutes and a lot of minutes that they don't want to play him for. And if he's going to be playing, if he's going to be starting at 3-7, he is an option. Not my favorite of values, but uh, he's going to be needed in this environment against the big body that is Jared Allen. So I would be looking at the front court options here, but uh, I want to see what the starting lineup and, and what Nick Nurse has to say pregame before I make any of those decisions uh, on the centers. On the other side of the ball, mentioned him a couple times already, Jared Allen. He's going to be causing this team fits, whether they try and throw Boucher at him, who's too skinny, Aaron Baines, who's not that good, um, or Pascal Siakam, who's just not a center. Uh, Jared Allen should have avenue to be able to put up big game and and do what he does best in this environment <clears throat> and as long as uh he doesn't put himself into foul trouble which he hasn't been lately then 75 seems like a reasonable price tag for him uh, outside of him i think larry nance jr is also in a good spot here um, most of this team is working their way back after a long layoff with covid so he is also working his way back but he's starting to Ramp up the last three games, 38, 37, 34 minutes. He's ready to play, and at 5,800, we're still getting a slight discount for him. He should be in the mid-6Ks here. Uh, so I like him here as a, as with a little meat left on his bone, on the bone there. <clears throat> Not too many guys in this, in this matchup I want to attack. I think we have some very fantasy-friendly environments, and uh, outside of the front courts of both teams, I'm not too, too interested at the moment. Uh, let's jump on to this next game, the last game that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Chicago Bulls at the Detroit Pistons, and we have a 218 spread, and the Bulls are two-and-a-half-point road favorites. On the injury report, we have Garrett Temple out, Devin Donson out for the Bulls, and the Pistons have Wayne Ellington, Killian Hayes, Rodney McGruber, Jalil Okafor, and Hamade Diallo, or he's my dude, all out. Uh, so a lot of wings on the Pistons are out. Uh, we'll start with the Bulls because they are the away team in this one. I like, and, and both circumstances, again, on both of these teams, I like the the front court options. Uh, I think we can look at Levine at 8,500. That's not terrible, but there are. I, I want to be paying up on this slate, uh, knowing that all of our heavy, heavy hitters are going against each other, and they're all offensive-minded games. Um, well, not all. There are a couple. There's a couple heavy hitters in this next game, but um, most of the heavy hitters, the biggest of the heavy hitters, are going head-to-head -head against each other in uh, games that are going to be very offensive-minded. So that's where I want to put a lot of my, my dollars and my attention. Here I like the front court options. I think Markkanen at 5-5. He's been starting at center, hasn't been doing great, but at 5-5, it's just not expensive to take a chance on him if you want to do that uh, he has power forward eligibility instead of center i soon he should be getting center since he started 
a handful of games already at center. Um, uh, but I also think we can look at Wendell Carter Jr. Not been playing great, or or a ton, I should say. But at four eight, there's still some meat left on the bone, and we know we can attack the Pistons front court uh, here. And speaking of that, uh, Otto Porter Jr., another guy we can possibly look at at four five. He has not been healthy too much, uh, but last game he played 29 minutes. He looked really good. They came back with him, 9 of 13 shooting. Uh, if he's going to play, if his, if his minutes are going to go up, we know that this guy can score. We know he can have big games, and it doesn't hurt to take stabs at him in GPPs at such a low price. Uh, when he's healthy and he's playing around 28 minutes, his price tag should be near over 6K. It shouldn't be at 4-5, so a lot of upside in that guy but also a lot of downside because he is injury prone he hasn't been playing outside of last game he was uh, limited to teens in the minutes and he might not get that if he's not hot he might not be playing 29 minutes so makes for a very risky high upside gpp type of play on the piston side of the ball similar similar sentiment i like the front court options here the best i think mason Plumley at 5-8 he's a lot more physical than Laurie Markkinen is. Uh, Markkinen hasn't been the rebounder. Even though he's starting at center, he's not getting extra rebounds because of it. Uh, Mason Plumlee, even though he's playing low 20s minutes lately, still been grabbing rebounds uh, very well. And I think that uh, suits him well here for uh, this type of environment. And he, and he, we know that he can facilitate when given the opportunities. And at 5,800, that's a... Good price tag for a guy going in a very favorable matchup. <clears throat> uh, he's one of my. He's one of the uh, better center options or mid-price center options in, on the slate, I believe. Uh, Sadiq Bay has been playing well lately, playing over thirty minutes the last couple games, and that should continue again. There's not that many bodies on the wing uh, or forward position to challenge him for minutes, especially since they want to play him and, and they want to develop him. Uh, Fifty-six hundred, we can look at him. Not my favorite of plays, especially even on this team. Uh, I, I like Mason Plumlee slightly more, or a little bit more. Um, and even if you wanted to go down to Stewart. But um, Plum- Bay is is definitely an option here uh, if you're looking to fill either forward position, which, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes gets tricky. And uh, it's a good matchup for him. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, as I just mentioned, is another guy that I'd be looking at. There are... Quite a few centers on this slate, so maybe not a ton of exposure, but a nice GBP pivot. He's been playing mid-20s minutes lately, uh, getting the minutes, grabbing some rebounds, and he looks good. This is the position that you want to attack the Bulls at, that and point guard. Um, they have been a little bit better at point guard now that they have Kobe White coming off the bench and playing more of a combo guard, um, so we can look at him. Uh, at center, they're just whoever they play at center hasn't been the greatest of defenders. Uh, speaking of that, Delone Wright at five nine, also not a bad play, not one that I'll gravitate towards too too much. But uh, under six K against the Bulls uh, point guards makes for a solid uh, pivot option there as well. The next game, this is the one and only game at eight p.m. Uh, this is the Philadelphia 76ers at the New York Knicks. We have. A two fifteen and a half, the lowest spread of the night, uh, and or the lowest total of the night, and the Sixers are three and a half point road favorites in this one. On the injury report, we have the Knicks have Alfred Payton 
Emmanuel Quickly and Mitchell Robinson all questionable, and Derrick Rose and Austin Rivers as out. The Sixers are on the back end of a back-to-back, so they do not currently have an injury report. Um, the Bulls also, I forgot to mention, are on the front end of a back-to-back. Uh, but the Sixers don't have a current injury report, but Joel Embiid should be out. Seth Curry is out. And Ben Simmons missed uh, Saturday's game with a knee injury. So he went from probable to out. We'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure to see exactly what happens. Maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. But his status is going to have ramifications on this team on uh, in, in this game. And so are the statuses of Alfred Payton and Emmanuel Quickly. So we'll have to watch both point guard uh, news for the point guard news for both teams in this one to see exactly what happens <clears throat> on the Sixers side of the ball since they're the away team. Again, I, it, it's hard to make a, a distinct decision right now with the news of um, Ben Simmons in or out. If Ben Simmons is in, he's a decent play, but I'm going to spend my money uh, on the other games. I'm not going to have much exposure to this game in general. I think I don't like playing against the Knicks. The Sixers are similar. They're a slower-paced team. They play a lot of half-court offense, uh, and they are one of the better defender team defending teams in the league. They're they're both top five defenses um, and slower-paced teams. Uh, so I won't have too too much exposure if Ben Simmons plays. But I think if you wanted to get cheap exposure, you can look at Tony Bradley and more specifically um, Matisse Thybul, thirty-eight and thirty-seven hundred. They're both playing some minutes. Uh, and they're both super cheap, so you can take stabs at them there. If Ben Simmons doesn't play, I think we can still look at both of those guys, Thibault and Bradley. Thibault gets a little bit more minutes and, and uh, <clears throat> becomes a little bit better there for his $3,700 price tag, but Tobias Harris would become would come into play for me. With no Ben Simmons, we know that he's going to be easily the number one option instead of the number two, uh, and this is a matchup we can definitely target him at. He's going to probably, he would have to take over 20 shots. He still might see that with Ben Simmons, but in this environment, don't love him. Uh, without Ben Simmons, he has to be that guy. And at 8,600, uh, we can take stabs at him. A lot of a cheaper price tag, even in a hard matchup comparatively with other guys, but he'll have similar type usage. Uh, he won't have the assist numbers and um, the efficiency might not be there, but he'll definitely have big over 30% usage uh, if Ben Simmons isn't going to play in this one. So he would become in play for me and make a very good pivot off of likelier chalkier options in um, that first game and the next game that we'll get into. On the Knicks side, it all depends. If quickly and Peyton play, it's just going to muddy up that guard rotation. Uh, And if they don't play, we know that Alec Burks is going to play. Uh, Frank the Tank's going to play more, but uh, Burks is nearly 6K now. Frank is almost 4K. Don't love either of the either of those guys, whether they're in or out, because the price tags reflect it now. Um, and I'm probably not going to have much exposure or any exposure to to the Knicks. Julius Randle, 10K. He put up 60 points in this matchup on the 16th, just five days ago, or he put up 50 points. Uh, but I think I, I want to spend my 10K dollars elsewhere with the next game or the first game, and I'm just not in love with all the price tags in this environment. Um, 
this is a game that I'm not going to have much exposure to outside of cheap guys on, on Philly and maybe Tobias Harris if uh, Ben Simmons doesn't play. So those are the only guys I'd be looking at. On the Knicks side, I'm just not really interested. Now let's go to the next game at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, this one is the only game of the 10 that we do not have a spread for. Uh, we're, we're, I guess we're waiting for news, but um, we know that our, neither of the teams are on the back end of a back-to-back. And on the injury report, we have um, – forgot to mention the teams. My bad. Uh, it is the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trail Blazers. <clears throat> the, on the injury report, we have uh, the Mavs side of the ball, Willie Cauley-Stein, James Johnson, and Tyrell Terry all out. And on the Blazers, just Joseph Nurkic and Zach Collins out. Uh, we'll start with the, the Mavs because they are the away team. Um, this is the first of two games at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Mavs start and end with, or I shouldn't say end, but start with Luka. At 11K, he's the highest-priced guy on the slate. Uh, in two previous matchups against the, the Blazers already this year, he's averaging over 65 fantasy points, scoring 41 points a game, eight assists, or eight rebounds, nine assists. Yeah, I'll have some. I'll have Luca, and I prefer him over Dame because of of that. Um, he's going to be very highly owned. This is going to be a, a, as I was alluding to a couple times, this and that first game, the the Wizards Brooklyn game. These are both going to be high scoring games. Uh, the Wizards game is two forty five spread. We don't have one for this, but I assume it's going to be right around there, uh, give or take a couple points. It should be in the two forties. Um, two high-scoring teams, two superstar point guards, and I prefer Luka in this in type of matchup um, just because he's proven it a couple more times than Dame has. Uh, and, and now CJ's back. He played. CJ looked hot. So um, I think Luka is a safer play here if I'm going to spend my money. That's where I'm going to go. Outside of him, if I still want exposure to this side of the ball and I, I, I go away from Luka, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. at 5-7. This is a good matchup for him. He should get a lot of open shots. He, um, he's been play- he's shot double digits in the last three games and, and uh, most of the last 10 games. Um, when he's on, he's on. And he's taken 11-7 and 9 threes in the last three games respectively, which account for the majority of his shots. And if he's doing that at 5-7, I think we could look his way in this fast-paced, up-tempo matchup where – uh, there are going to be a lot of scoring, so I think we could look at him here. He's outside of Porz, um, Porzingis. He's he's the next option, third option, um, and I don't want to pay up for Porzingis in this matchup. Uh, but outside of them, I think Maxi uh, Kleba is another option that we can look at. He's played a uh, over thirty minutes in the last four games and forty-one two games ago. So the minutes are there. There's no Willie Cauley Stein to back him up. Uh, they'll probably need him in this matchup. With no, with Cantor out there, another big body you can throw at him. And uh, while the upside hasn't been great, the minutes are there and the and production has been decent. And at only 5K, I think we can go there um, for a safe guy that we know is going to be playing over 30 minutes um, and, and hope for some goodness against Enos Cantor's defense, who's not that great. He can also stretch the floor bring Canner away from the basket and maybe change the way that the, the Blazers have their lineup uh, out there <clears throat> on the Blazers side of the ball. Um, 
probably not going to have Dame. I don't know if I want McCollum. I might at 7-3. I don't hate that price tag, uh, but I might not have a ton of exposure because I know I'm going to have some big bodies already in there. So I don't know if I'll fully go there, but he's another option that we can look at. Dame, I just mentioned that I'll probably I'll, I'll go Luca over him, probably Harden as well. So I won't have too much exposure to him. Can't I don't think he's going to have a bad game. It's Dame Lillard, but I do like the other options around that that price tag a little bit better. Getting exposure to this game, I think, won't be necessarily the hardest because I do like uh, some of the options here. I think Enos Cantor, Robert Covington, and Carmelo Anthony all are intriguing to me in, in different ways. Cantor, um, only 6'6 now, and there's still no Nurkic. He, he only played 23 minutes in this uh, last game against Dallas, but I think we'll see a little bit more here. Um, he's He's been playing a pretty steady combination or minutes for the most part outside of the last game. Uh, he's still a double-double guy. And if he can get back up to the 30, 30 or so minute range, I think uh, 35 points, 30, 30 to 37 points or so is not hard for him to see with a little bit of upside there. Uh, Robert Covington, he didn't take advantage of this matchup a couple days ago, but he still nearly hit value uh, shooting four of 10 and three of eight from the three, three point line. He had five fouls in 36 minutes. We know the minutes are going to be there. We know uh, Porzingis hasn't been the best defender this year, and the matchup there is is for the taking for him. Uh, even the, in their backups, DFS probably moves over, uh, or if he stays at small forward, they don't really have a backup power forward at the moment that gives Covington a uh, a threat there. So I, th- I think the, the matchup for him is pretty good. I think we do have other options that we don't have to force Cantor and Covington just to get exposure to this game environment, but I think if you went there, it's uh, it's not a it's not a bad play. Same with Carmelo Anthony; he can score. We know that he's been playing the minutes, uh, getting the shots, double digit shot attempts, pretty much all month, uh, every game this month actually. So we know the shots are there. We know the matchup is good. Uh, the game environment is good. The he he. He's going to go against Chris Dapps, Porzingis, for the most part as well. Uh, He's the bench scorer on this team. And another option that we can take to get exposure to this game, and only won't, uh, at only 5,100, it doesn't hurt us if we have to go there. Uh, It doesn't, like, put a dent in us if you went there, um, knowing that he's going to get double-digit shot attempts in a spread that's going to be over 240. Uh, in this last game, we have the Los Angeles Lakers at the Phoenix Suns. We have a spread of 216.5, and, and the Suns are three-point home favorites, uh, which is a little shocking considering that LeBron James got hurt in the last one, has a high ankle sprain, and will miss at least a few weeks joining Anthony Davis on the sidelines. And with that, I will throw out the uh, injury report, but neither team has an injury report right now. The Lakers are on the back end of a back-to-back. Uh, the Suns are pretty healthy. I don't believe the Suns have anybody that is out. Uh, maybe Torrey Craig, but um, that's that's a coach's decision if he doesn't make it. He's he's good enough to play. They just haven't put him in yet. Uh, they just traded for him. On the Lakers side of the ball, we know Jared Dudley's out. LeBron and AD, as mentioned, uh, and Marc Gasol is, I'd say, questionable. Uh, he He's ready to play. He got cleared. 
from health and safety protocols, but he sat out Saturday's game because of conditioning. Might be might sit again, might not. They might have to force him into the lineup, uh, but they might not play him. So I don't think he's an option either way, but he's someone um, I guess you can think about. But on the Lakers side of the ball, since they're away, the away team, I think we have a lot of options here. Uh, so much usage, usage is up for grabs. Uh, it's like Oprah <laughs> giving away free cars. That's that's what it, usage here. You get usage, you get usage, you get usage. Uh, with no LeBron, no AD, there's just so much production that needs to be replaced. Uh, and, and no one person is going to be able to do that. It's going to be spread. Uh, with that said, the matchup is just tough. Uh, this could be a blowout. The The Suns are one of the best teams in basketball right now, uh, one of the best defenses in basketball, and the uh, bottom two in pace. So this game is going to be – they're going to slow it down. They're going to try and beat them up, and they're going to just try and take advantage of uh, the Lakers' depth <clears throat> or lack thereof, I should say, of – Great options outside of LeBron and AD. Um, I think we can look at Kyle Kuzma, 6'6". LeBron's not there. He's probably the number one option right now. Maybe Dennis Schroeder, but Dennis Schroeder's going to go against Chris Paul. Uh, don't love that. If you had to go 6'9", okay. I think I'd rather just go Kyle Kuzma at 6'6", or uh, Trez at 6'5". We know that we can get stuff done in the, the against the front court of... The Suns, it's the it's the one spot that we can assure that uh we have the or the opposing team has the advantage <clears throat> and they're gonna need him. They're gonna need him a lot. Um all three of those guys are gonna need to score. Uh, I lean towards Kuzma and and Trez over Schroeder in this particular game. Um outside of them, I think Taylor Horton Tucker is probably gonna be the chalkiest play of the night. And rightfully so. He might or might not start. Either way, he's going to be seeing in a bunch of minutes here. Uh, he seems blowout-proof because he's young, and <clears throat> they're going to play him even if they're down 20. And he can do a little bit of everything. He can score. He can rebound. He can he can facilitate uh, kind of what they need without LeBron James. So at 4-2, I, I expect him to get heavy ownership, and um, I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, I'm with that too. I, I think – He's he's got to be in the majority of your lineups at four two on this type of even against this type of team. Just knowing the circumstances, knowing all the usage that's going to go spread around, uh, he's going to be getting a lot of it. Outside of him, I think we can look at Markeith Morris at three nine. I think he's going to another guy that's going to have to play a lot. Uh, bigger Suns team, they need his size. We don't know if Marcus Saul is going to play yet. Um, he took 13 shots in the last game, nine threes. He missed a lot of them, missed seven of those, but he's taking the shots. He's going to be involved. He's going to have to take more shots um, in this one as well. So and, uh, he's another option. And the last guy I would look at is uh, Alex Caruso. <clears throat> I like him. Him and Tucker are the best out of all the options, uh, price-wise and whatnot, but 3300 Another guy who can facilitate, uh, who can shoot the three a little bit. They're going to need him. Without LeBron, they need people who to facilitate. Uh, Schroeder's going to do some. Tucker's going to do some. Uh, Caruso's going to do some. 
and at 3,300, even against this team, I know I just mentioned Chris Paul's why I don't fully like Schroeder, but at 3,300, doesn't put me off here. I think he's one of the few guys near minimum that I can trust. Uh, he came back. He, he's played two games since he had that little concussion. Uh, played 24 and 21 minutes. He's only hit two of 10 shots, but he hit value both times pretty much in, in those short minutes with one and a half games of LeBron. So we can see him doing that, doing that again in here. And they, they just, they really need him desperately at 3,300. We can take some shots on him uh, on the sun side of the ball. It's a little hard to gauge it, this because of the blowout potential that's here. Uh, the definite blowout potential with no LeBron, no AD. I think Booker at seven eight. If you if you think this game's going to stay competitive, or you st- or regardless, you think he's going to play thirty one or so minutes, seven eight. That's a very good value for him. Uh, he can put up forty to forty five, fifty DraftKings points against this team in a short amount of time. Uh, the Lakers are a really good defensive team. Uh, even without LeBron, AD, they're still a good defensive team. But Booker would be the guy to exploit them here. Um, I don't love it, but I, I'm not opposed to it if you want him to have a more balanced lineup. I think he's more of a GPP play just because we have so many uh, bigger-priced cash guys that we can go for. Um, and DeAndre Ayton at 6K would be my favorite play on this team. And I say that, and I know exactly how Aiton is. He's just very inconsistent. He only played 18 minutes in that last game. 18. He hasn't hit 30 minutes uh, since February, the, the, the 26th of February. But if if there's ever a time for him to do some damage and reach his potential, it's a game against the beat-up Lakers. Uh, the Lakers' front court has been beat up already. We don't know if Marcus is going to play, and even if he does, he hasn't been great. Uh, the Lakers' front court is where we can expose this team first off. And if there's ever a time that they want to get this guy involved, want to build his confidence, it's against the Lakers team that's not with without LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis in an exploitable matchup against uh, smaller Montrezl uh, Trez. <clears throat> so Aiton is one of my preferred plays of the night, and he's going to be one of my favorite GPP pivot plays of the night. But he comes with so much volatility because we know how he is. He hasn't been good. He hasn't had... He's had double-digit rebounds once in the last five games. Um, and he's just been very, very underwhelming. But if there's ever a time to go for him and he blows up on a game, it's got to be tonight. So I'll take my chances on him in GPPs. and cash, not so much. Just because, uh, for all the reasons I mentioned, he's just very inconsistent. <clears throat> um, and that's, a, that's where I like on this team. And I, I don't mind some chances on, on campaign either if you... I think this game gets to be a blowout. He's going to play a lot, and at 3,900, uh, not a, an, another option that we can take as a as a punt play guy. Uh, not in love with it, but it's another option for us here. <clears throat> and before I go, I know it. Uh, we've got a lot of people at. We had a lot of people asking what is our favorite uh, tiered plays of the night, and I guess I'll give you two. One for the Beginning, one for the end, or one for the early slate, one for the, the late slate. On uh, the early slate, my favorite expensive play, 
I, I guess it's a cop out. Both of these are are it is Jokic, obviously ten five. He just a fantastic matchup. Uh, if you want a uh, slightly lower guy, I like Zion as long as uh, his ball plays. Uh, if we're not gonna, Jokic's gonna be in the lineup. But if you want someone who's just not so obvious, I like Zion at eight five. If ball plays, uh, it maximizes his potential in this matchup, and it gives another floor spacer, the best floor spacer on the team, and another guy to get him the ball in advantageous spots. So uh, if ball doesn't play, I don't like Zion as much. <clears throat> on the late slate, uh, it's it's the two big guys, and I'm going to lean towards James Harden coming off that uh, dud of a game in his last one, the one of the worst games he's had all year in a Nets uniform, and I think it's a big bounce back in this spot. Uh, I love Luka too. But I'll, I'll I'll lean towards Harden slightly uh, with that little hundred dollar savings and knowing that he's gonna want to come out firing after that dud of a game. <clears throat> um, on my favorite mid tier guys in that early slate, um, I like uh, there's two of them. I don't mind Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray, but I'm gonna go with Jamal Murray on this one. Seven K, we're getting a big discount even from a week ago. Uh, even from a couple games ago against the Pelicans, super high, fast-paced matchup. Uh, Pelicans give up a lot of points to guards. Just really, really intriguing to get some a lot of exposure to that game, uh, which is by far the highest spread of the or total of the day or of the early game slate. <clears throat> In the later game slate, Jared Allen seven five. Uh, you're looking at the the matchup against the Raptors. They don't have anybody that they can match up with him. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris Boucher is too thin. He doesn't really play against bigger bodies. Uh, Pascal Siakam is not a true center. Uh, Aaron Baines is just Aaron Baines. He's showing his age. Uh, Jared Allen has an advantage against all either of the three, anyone that they throw at him. Uh, so he should be able to do some damage here at 7-5. <clears throat> uh, for value plays, early slate, I like both of the guys on the um, the Thunder. Moses Brown at 4'8", Ty Jerome at 4'4". Uh, we know Al Horford's not playing. We know Shea's not playing. Both of these guys are going to get a bunch more minutes, a bunch more opportunity, and we know what they do with that. Uh, they've shown it before. <clears throat> uh, on the late slate, I'm going to go with uh, Horton Tucker. As I mentioned, he's probably going to be super highly owned, only at 4-2, knowing there's no LeBron, knowing there's no AD, even in a tough matchup. Uh, whether he starts or not remains to be seen, but he stands to see a massive usage upgrade, and his well-rounded skill set uh, helps to contribute in most categories. So whether you think it's a close game or not, he's really not. really doesn't matter because he's blowout-proof in this one. All right, guys, that wraps it up for Sunday's uh, DFS today. Thank you guys for joining us. I was Santino Cacone. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Santino Cacone. Um, if you want to give us a rate review, you can do that. We'll see if you have any comments or, or things you want us to do, things you don't want us to do, let us know. Uh, we have been seeing people asking us to, to give us their tiers, so or we've been implementing it more and more uh, each podcast. So that's something. And again, if, if you have anything you want us to do, let us know and we'll, we'll look at it. Uh, but we will be joining you again tomorrow for Monday's podcast. It will be Mike and Brenton, and that will be a good one. I believe we have another high-packed um, slate on Monday. 
Well, good luck, guys, today, and catch you again tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.